Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. And welcome to the first episode of our Triune Pod. I am the Reverend Ben DeHart, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, the Reverend Nick Miski. How's it going today, Nick? It's good, man. You know, the world's seemingly falling apart, but that's just par for the course. Uh, I'm good, dude. Hey, why don't you, like, how long have we been friends, Ben? I feel like we should introduce our, our faithful listeners to our decades long friendship. I think it was like 2005, 2005, 2006. So yeah, we, we met in college right. at Grove City College. It's a Christian college, rigorous education, very affordable, great place. This is a wow. free ad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, we met there and then we went to seminary for a short time together and we have just been friends through it all. We became priests after thinking we were both going to become historians first. So our lives really are kind of intertwined. In a, yeah, after in a staring down the barrel of the academic job market, we thought, you know, <laughs> let, let's make some money. Let's go into the ministry. <laughs> so true. So we thought, you know, we've been to college together. We've been to seminary together. We are priests in different areas of the country. I'm in New York. He's in Austin. And we thought we'd bring this into a podcast and make you listen to it. Yeah. So like, what are two dudes in their mid thirties who are overly educated going to do? Like start a podcast. That's right. White dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better to do. So in this podcast, we're going to take a look at the collect of the day. And if you have no familiarity with that, the collect of the day in the Episcopal Anglican tradition is this prayer that essentially begins the Eucharistic or communion service. And it kind of sets the tone for the service as a whole. Now, let me start, let me backpedal and say that a collect is a short prayer that has a particular structure. And I'll get into that structure in a minute. But the reason why it's called a collect is it's exactly what it sounds like. It collects the intentions of the people who are gathered for worship. Now, a collect, the structure that I just mentioned, it has, it can have up to five parts. Some of these collects don't have many of these parts, but this is kind of the skeleton for what that can look like. There's the first part is the address and it's addressed to God, of course. So a lot of colics are start with almighty God or almighty and everlasting God. So you address God, that's number one. Number two is an acknowledgement of God's character. So a colic might begin with, you God are always more ready to hear then we are to pray. That's saying God is always on call. He's always on time. He's always there. And then the third part is the petition or what we really came to pray for. It's our ask. We might say increase in us faith, hope, and love. And a fourth aspect is our fourth part of the structure is the aspiration. Uh, we pray for faith, hope, and love so that we might better serve God, or so that we might be like him. And then the fifth and final part of the structure is the pleading. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit. So there is the structure. That's what a collect is. Nick, why should we care about this? Uh, I don't think we prepped this question, my dude. Um, you know, I think I, uh, like, like you, you know, like you mentioned before our biographies, I kind of came into the Episcopal Anglican world in college and um, having been raised in a different type of tradition, I felt like the colics were my entry point into like the, maybe some of the like distinct angles that this tradition takes on like how our life with God is supposed to work. I have like these very strong memories of like Sunday mornings, like it's kind of the inspiration of this podcast, to be honest. Like I would like in so Sunday mornings, I would wake up and like open the book of common prayer and read the collect appointed for that Sunday. And it felt like it was a way of like framing my heart and mind before like I would actually go to church. I know that's kind of like a pious, like whatever thing, but like, I feel like that was actually a very helpful way for me to grow in my faith and really like, yeah, and I find it really personally helpful too. Um, I think we'll get into a lot of these colics over the course of this podcast, but it really helped kind of tamp down into my soul the idea that like God loves me for me, not like for what I'm doing or the degree to which I'm obeying. Um, and you know that as as simple as that sounds, that's actually like a very that was a very like revelatory kind of foundational truth that's like continued to be super important for my life. So um, yeah, man, I love the colics. I'm all in on them. And so, yeah, the, for these colics, they're, if you do morning prayer in our world, in our tradition, you say these colics every day for a week. So, of course, it's a colic for that Sunday. But if you were someone who said morning and evening prayer every day, you'd, you'd come back to this over and over again. And I think for a lot of us who struggle with prayer, don't know how to find the right words or don't have any words, I think a lot of times, at least for me, and I'm a priest, these become my words to God. I feel like I've got not that much to offer. And as Nick said, it kind of like just shapes your way of thinking about your life, thinking about God, gets you in a pretty good place. So we're going to jump right into the collect for this upcoming Sunday. Uh, Nick, um, would you pray this for us? And then I'm going to ask you some questions about it. Sounds good, man. Yeah, this is uh, the collect. It's called proper 25. I have no idea what proper 25 means, but uh, here, here are the no words. No one knows what it means. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is what we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise, make us love what you command. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So Nick, what do you make of this collect? What's going on there? Well, I mean, I think one thing to say, just a very simple observation, is that there are actually two different requests kind of embedded in this prayer. And the first one is that we ask God to increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, our love. Um, this is a, this is a non-rhetorical question, Ben. Like, how would you define, you know, like faith, hope, and love are what people call the theological virtues. I know that's like a, that's kind of like a smart way to describe those. What, I don't actually really know what those are aside from like faith, hope, and love are in the Bible, First Corinthians 13. But um, yeah, what do you make of those? Like, what, what does that term actually mean to you, theological virtues? Yeah. Also, like when they're put together like that, I don't think of them as like distinct entities it's more like they're like one a package deal 
um, of like <laughs> positive vibes or good feeling. But uh, yeah, like when I, yeah, when I look at it, when I try to parse it out, like faith or belief, and especially now in the midst of this <laughs> pandemic, just uh, faith to be able to get through the day is something I really need. Belief that uh, I can make it. And then hope, I mean, gosh, um, I, I would, I really want hope. <laughs> so I really, actually right now, like thinking about this, I'm really resonating with it. And then charity, which is uh, such a funny word, um, or love. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I have trouble with love just because we use it for so many things. And I guess I get like the right answer, but uh, yeah, I want to shoot it back to you. I'm, I'm trying to learn from you today, man. Yeah, I know. That's fair. Sorry. Um, I think, yeah, like what jumps out to me first and foremost about this colic, and this is a theme about so many of the colics, is it really describes the, the theater of God's activity to be like the human soul, like inwardness, you know, like we're asking God to do very specific things or to give rise to certain types of virtues or like states. Um, but we're asking for an internal reality, like an inwardness. And, you know, not to be polemical or whatever, but it feels like, at least in the worlds that I'm in, there's such an emphasis on like kind of more like communal or social facets of our religion, which is obviously really helpful. But I feel like sometimes what can be missed is the primacy of like your soul or what's going on inside of you. Mm. Um, and that we are asking God to increase in us gifts of faith, hope, and charity, as opposed to saying something more to the effect of like, God, give me the capacity to become a faithful, hopeful charity person. We're saying like, God, like I'm pretty helpless in the realms of faith, hope, and love. Like left to my own devices, I'm not going to believe I'm going to be bitter or despairing and I'm not going to be particularly loving. So I need you to like increase those gifts in me. Um, yeah. I just think that's a really beautiful and like bracing reminder that there are so many things that are key ingredients to a good life that we are pretty helpless within ourselves to create. Um, so we're asking God to give them to us, you know? Yeah. And it seems like we see that later in the colic when we pray, make us love which you command, increase these gifts in us uh, and still talking about what's inside of us, make us love it because we're just not going to do it or going to want to do it if we're not loving it. And so often it's really easy to kind of avoid our internal states or our souls and, and really look out there with what's wrong out there. And obviously right now in the midst of this crazy uh, season in our nation and in the world, um, there's a lot of really good things that we can do out there, but sometimes it does feel like I'm kind of avoiding myself or trying to escape myself at all costs. I don't know if you or your parishioners resonate with that, but no, I don't really resonate with that at all, but, uh, you know, moving on. No, I'm kidding. Of course, man, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that second, um, pleading or that second request is like, in my mind, the most succinct summary of like the logic of the gospel like make us love what you command of like the three virtues faith hope and love love is the engine that drives our life with god and of course like the hope is that we obtain god's promise like we live the good life we inherit the promised land like we get to heaven like frame that whatever way you want you know but the real engine to get there from the perspective of this prayer 
is love. Love is what drives us. Love is what moves us. Like desire is what moves the soul. You know, I think that's like an Augustine thing, Augustinian thing. Um, and again, like to re reiterate the point that I made earlier, like we in and of ourselves cannot change what we love. You know, like we encounter ourselves as non-sovereign. Like we are not the master of our emotions. Only God can can like shed his love in our hearts. You know, I think that's in Romans. Um, and like stir us up to love what God commands. Um, you know, that's, I, I think what, there's this great prayer. I'm sure you've heard of it. I, I actually got it from Fleming. It's, an, it's a prayer from St. Augustine, Fleming Rutledge, our like maternal hero. Um, give what you command and command what you will. Like, Lord, you know, you're, you are in your freedom. You can command whatever you want but I need to give, like, I need help to do it. Like I need to love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah that quote from Augustine, which I love, he's got a few of these that are just great, but what is it? It's my weight is my love or love is my weight. Like that's what's your love is what's drawing you to whatever corners of the earth that you're going. And mm. um, yeah, I think that's great. Well, do you have anything more to I, say? I got, I got, I got yeah. one more. I got one more bomb to drop. Oh shit! Uh, no, it's it's about it's a really powerful illustration about love is the engine that drives our lives. I got this. Um, uh, yeah, so this was like I think in May. Jerry Seinfeld, the um, you know who Jerry Seinfeld is man. I, he lives right next door. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so he was uh, getting interviewed by Howard Stern. Um, and it was like, remember like at the beginning of the pandemic when, uh, the last dance was like the thing that we, everyone watched. Cause it was the only thing related to sports that was on television. And of course, Michael Jordan, right. Is this like paragon of greatness. And he's a paragon in some ways of like willing yourself to greatness and Howard Stern in applying that principle to the craft of interviewing was like, I think I, it's like kind of how I became a great interviewer. I just like did it over and over and over again. And I really, really wanted to get, get good at it. And that desire to be great is the engine that drove me to become a really good interviewer. And so he was asking Jerry Seinfeld, like, is that how it works for you in comedy? Did you just kind of will yourself to be a great comedian? And this is what Jerry Seinfeld says. I'm gonna adjust your perspective a little bit here. That was not will. What you are using, what Michael Jordan uses, what I use, it's not will, it's love. When you love something, it's a bottomless pool of energy. That's where the energy comes from, but you have to love it sincerely. Not because you're gonna make money from it or be famous or get whatever you wanna get. When you do it because you love it, then you can find yourself moving up and getting really good at something you wanted to be good at. Will, it's not like eating dessert or something that is just forcing yourself. You can't force yourself to do, to be what you have made yourself into. You can love it. Love is endless. Will is finite. Oh, Lord, help me love you. Also, thank you, Jerry, both saving New York and helping us with this prayer. A two for one. <laughs> Yeah, man. I just think that's like, that's, that's it, dude. Like you can't will yourself into the good life. You can't will yourself into like heartfelt obedience towards God. You got to love mm. and love is something that which God alone can create. And that's yeah. what this prayer is all about. All right. So let's pray it again. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise Make us love what you command.
through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. How about that episode of our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.